Well, good morning. Um, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed, not only by my own personal build-up, but by the, the build-up of my sister-in-law's recipe for the brownies. So, uh, yeah, like, no pressure. Um, we'll get to the, the, the talk in a minute. Is there anyone here this morning who, when you, you came in in the morning or whilst you've been here, you've had a really strong sense inside of you, Lord, I just need you to do this. Um, it's got that in my, in my mind, in my heart, is that there are some people who come in and it's not that you're disappointed, but just there is, there is a heightened expectation within you. There is a sense of longing within you. You're saying, Lord... Please, really do it. It might be for a physical thing. It might be for, for some circumstance that, that is distant from, from where we are here right now. Is there anybody here who is just sort of sitting there saying, well, this is all very well, but you know, I really wanted to get prayed for, or I'd really like to get prayed for, and I'm not going to get asked, or I haven't been asked, or whatever. Um, if that's you, can you just put your hand up, because we're going to do that right now. Okay, there's a few. There's a few. Okay, if you'd like to stand and then those near them just get around them. Do you know, I, I can't believe there are more people who, who didn't come in saying, Lord, I really need you to do something for me this morning. I, I come in every Sunday morning <laughs> saying that. But um, for those that are around, just gather around them. That means you've got to move. Okay, you're going to have to get up and move. And um, the people that are being prayed for... Can you just explain to people, just put, put your hand up if you're one of the people wants praying for. When you've got people around you, put your hand down. So if you see somebody with their hand up, go and, go and pray for them. Okay, now ask the person who had their hand up uh, what it is. If you're, if you're telling people what it is, just do it really in 10 seconds. Just say, like, I need a new leg. Or it's a relational situation, it's my family or... Just so they know the general area they're aiming at. Okay, that's, that's long enough. Now let's pray for those things. If it, now when, when we're praying, there are some things that we can ask God to do. There are some things that we need to speak out and we need to say, this thing happened now. We need to take authority and to bring authority into the situation. So, you will need to use your discernment as you're praying. So go ahead and pray. And we're not going to take very long over this, so don't, don't hog all the praying. Father, for all the situations that are represented here, for those that are spoken and people have been um, able to ask for prayer, for those that, that aren't spoken, we say, your will be done. Let your 
very, very best. Let the authority of your kingdom come into those situations now. Where there needs to be softening in people's hearts. Will you do that, Lord? Will you pour grace out onto people to soften hearts? Where there needs to be physical healing. We speak healing in Jesus' name. Where there needs to be some miraculous change of circumstances. We ask for that. We receive it as you pour out blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please do sit down. Okay, a couple of quick things before uh, I get going. Firstly, um, the last two occasions when I've had the opportunity to uh, to speak uh, were over Christmas and um, I think it was just before Christmas. And on both occasions, um, there's someone's phone. Why don't you just answer it or switch it off or stick it in a bucket of water or something. Um, on both occasions, I spoke for five minutes. Just five minutes. So I think I've got a lot of time saved up. So I'm just, I'm just warning you, okay? Um, the second thing is, some of you wouldn't have seen this, but there was a little guy running around the front this morning uh, called Albie. Um, and uh, his mum was there. And he, he was having a great time. And every time we clapped, he thought we were all clapping him. So he thought, he obviously thought, well, whatever I'm doing, people are enjoying it. So he just kept on doing it. It was great. Okay. Um, we're trying to think about a building. Well, we're not just trying to think about it. We are thinking about a building. We've had a building for, for uh, oh, I don't know, probably 25 years. I don't know how, can't remember how long we've had Lindis Farm. And those of you who were around then, um, you remember the, uh, the, the great story of that. And if you weren't around then, then it's available. It's printed out in some sheets at Lindis Farm House. Um, next time you know, next time you're there, uh, get one. Have we got any here, actually? here with us, do you know? There are some over there. So if you don't know, have a read, because it's a great story. It's a fantastic testimony. But we've been asking questions about it, and I'm not going to uh, go into that in detail. We're going to talk about that a bit next week. You'll get some, um, some information. We've had a great group of people looking at that and thinking about it. There is a meeting this week with some consultants, and we're, um, uh, some of the representatives of that group and the leadership are going to be meeting with them. So there'll be quite quite a bit to, to feed back. But in thinking about a building, one of the obvious questions is, well, what sort of building do you want? Like when you, when you move house, I haven't moved house in a long, long time. And if I do move, my, my needs now are different from uh, what they were when we, we bought the house. Um, so you really need to know if you want a building, well, what do I want the building for? And uh, Rodney uh, brought a prophetic word to the leadership about six months ago now, maybe longer. And, and what I took away from that was, um, what are you building? Not what are you physically building, but what are you building in your lives? What are you building in the community? And so I started to uh, think about this and, and shared some things with the, the rest of the team. And uh, people thought it would be a good idea, actually, to try and pick this theme up through the year. So that's why we're, we're taking a, a whole year. It's not that we're going to look forensically at every aspect of it, but we are going to cover a lot of ground under this title. 
And what I want to do today is to simply begin to open that out and uh, put forward a, a couple of things that I've come across as I've been thinking about it that have surprised me um, in the way that, that God ad- addresses this. So uh, this, uh, this piece of artwork is um, it's the kind of backdrop for what we're seeing. So uh, had I remembered my memory stick with my presentation on, you'd have seen this on every slide. Um, that's the trouble with a memory stick. Uh, you have to remember it. So I think I'll have to call mine the forget stick. And I know where it is, and I know what's on it. I also know that it's not here where I need it. Thankfully, um, the, the artwork was available, so um, we can look at that now. In thinking about this, one of the, um, the verses in the Bible that, that comes to mind is a verse in Psalm 127. Some of you will know it well. Unless the Lord builds the house, it's a waste of time. That's, that's the, the Graham Coyle version. Unless the Lord builds a house, you may as well forget it. Because on your own, you're not going to manage very well. It's Psalm 127, verse 1. I think. And so we, in asking what we're building, we, we really want to, to know that we are, we are allowing God to, to build something. And some people would say, well, surely if you're, you're letting God do the building, you don't need to do anything. You just sit back and say, Lord, you, you do the whole thing. Um, but that's not true. It doesn't work that way. There's some cooperation that's needed. Let me read uh, again. Some of you will know this. This will be familiar. This is from 1 Corinthians 3. Uh, this is Paul writing to this, this church. And Paul is writing about himself. He said, God's given me unique gifts as a skilled master builder who lays a good foundation Afterward, another craftsman comes and builds on it. So, builders beware. Let every builder do his work carefully according to God's standard. For no one is empowered to lay an alternative foundation other than the good foundation that exists, which is Jesus Christ. So, if we start digging up the foundations and trying to put in something else, we're on a hiding to nothing. We're just going to produce something which will collapse. And and Jesus tells that parable about the... Uh, the guy who uh, built his house on the rock and the one who built his house on the sand, and we, uh, we might know the outcome of that. The quality of materials used by anyone building on this, foundation, on this foundation will soon be made apparent, whether it's been built with gold, silver, and costly stones, or wood, hay, and straw. Their work will soon become evident. For the day, and it's talking about a day of God's testing, um, will make it clear because it will be revealed by blazing fire. And the fire will test and prove the workmanship of each If his work stands the test of fire, he will be rewarded. consumed by the fire, he will suffer great loss. Yet he himself will barely escape destruction, like one being rescued out of a burning house. This is quite a salutary warning because what it says here, this is, this is not talk, this is talking about God's people. This is not talking about people that don't know God. This is talking about people who are saved and forgiven and redeemed and in a, in a relationship with the, the Father. It's talking about the church, but he's saying, um, we're all building. It's not what we build, it's what we build with. You see, we could spend a lot of time building out of stuff that's not going to last. 
stuff that looks, it looks good. I mean, if, if you're into kind of eco building now, you know, you can, you can build a house out of straw and kind of have straw bales and you encase it in, uh, sort of spray on concrete and stuff like that. It's all very clever and it's not, it's not a kind of anti-ecological thing. So, uh, for those of you who feel really strongly about that, don't, don't get at me, okay? I'm just reading what it says in the Bible. But, um, we could put a lot of effort into building with certain materials and then uh, when that gets tested, when, when God gets to the point of saying, okay, let's have a look at what, what you've been building and, and what you've built with, um, you've just got to get it through this, this fire tunnel. That's a real fire tunnel, isn't it? You've got to get it through this fire tunnel and, and you know that you've built it of highly flammable material. You're going to be thinking, whoa. Hey, can I, can I go back and, and do something different? And God's saying, no. Sorry, Grant, just too late. Time's up. Uh, let's have a look now. And the reason that Paul puts that to the Corinthians at the time is to say, now's, now's the time to work out what you're building with. Now's the time to work out if you're using gold and silver and precious stones and to build with those because those things will last. Those are the things that that material will get through God's testing. Now, it, makes, it doesn't make me afraid that I'm doing the wrong thing. It just makes me want to go and look for the right stuff to build with. It just makes me go and, and, and look around and say, hey, where do I get this gold and silver and, and precious stones? Where do I find them? What are those things? How do I get hold of them so that I can build with them? So I started thinking about this when we had our prayer week. And um, I, because I had some time available, I, I booked myself in for a, a number of slots. And, and I thought, well, what do, I, what do I want to do here, Father? I mean, I can pray. And we had, we had some great notes, and I, I read through those, and, and, and they were good. But I, there was a question within me. And it, was, it came out in a different way to the way I've been describing. Really, the question I was asking God is, well, what what do you see? What are you looking at? What is it that that you observe? But I think it's similar to this question. It's it's like, if we're building things, how are you viewing what we're building with? How are you viewing the materials that we're using? Is it the the gold, the silver, the precious stones? And... um, I got uh, directed to uh, a book in the Bible that I haven't read for quite a while, I'll confess, uh, which is not the first one that would have come to mind, but it was the, the book of Zechariah. Hands up all those that have read the book of Zechariah in the past week. Past week. They, they just want to put their hands up for everything. I know what they're like. I had kids in my class like you. They want to do everything. See? I, well, absolutely. I confess, I probably hadn't, uh, look much of Zechariah in the past while. And, um, I mean, I read it. I knew where it was. It begins with a Z and all that kind of stuff. But So I started to, to read it. And I, I didn't get very far in it before I realized that it was, it was bang on the subject that I was thinking about. So I'm, I'm not going to talk for ages about Zechariah in particular, but I am going to give you a bit of background for the sake of, of those folks who might not be entirely familiar with it. So... Um, about 600 years before Jesus was born, the, uh, the 
Jewish nation, which by then had split into two parts in this land that God had given them, that they'd gone in to take hold of, um, they'd reached the end of their tether with God's patience, really. And, and everything God had, had done for them, it wasn't registering with them. So God knew that he was going to have to allow something more severe to happen to them to really get their attention. And uh, what happened to them was that um, they got invaded by, um, in particular, the bit that we're talking about here, it was the, uh, I think it was the Assyrians. Um, anyway, they got, oh, no, it was the Babylonians. They got carted off to Babylonia, uh, a lot of them. And uh, that wasn't a nice process uh, for many of them. I won't give you the details because they're a bit bloodthirsty and it'll put you off your brownies. But... Um, <laughs> At the end of the period that they'd been in captivity, so they'd, they'd been moved off, you know, kind of hundreds and hundreds of miles from, from their, uh, their home, and their city had been destroyed. The temple had been destroyed, uh, it was pulled down, everything that could be burnt was burnt, the walls were pulled down, the, the city was in ruins. They're, they're beautiful city, and they had been a major, major world power. So it was a rich city, and this whole thing had just been completely destroyed. It was really the, the symbol of their greatness. And in the middle was the, the temple, which was dedicated to the worship of God, the place of God, not only within the nation, but within the lives of every individual within the nation. So this was lost. Their country was destroyed. They'd gone off to this other country. And um, one of the prophets had, had said, look, you need to get involved with this place. You need to settle down. You need to, to build homes. You need to seek the, the prosperity of the place you're going to. So many of them had done that, and they'd done pretty well. But at the end of this 70-year period, they started to go back. A number went back, and they said, we're going to rebuild the temple. They started to rebuild the temple, but what happened straight away was they, they got embroiled in all the things that they'd done beforehand. So the, the building of the temple just got left and uh, it was sort of half built and and not much more god spoke to two guys in particular one called haggai we're not going to talk much about him and one called i bet he wouldn't laugh at your name megan and one called zechariah that wasn't so funny one called zechariah and both of these these prophets, it's really interesting if you, you look at them, they're, they're prophesying at exactly the same time. It's like ITV and BBC. You know, they're, they're, they're showing that it's like they're both showing the same program. Maybe it's a, a FA Cup, well, it wouldn't be the FA Cup final. It's just, they're both showing something. And um, they're showing it from different perspectives. And the perspective that Zechariah comes from is um, is one where he starts to speak out what God's saying about what he's seeing. The first thing I noticed is this. When God speaks to his people, he always calls them the people of Zion. He says, oh, people of Zion, oh, people of Zion. Uh, and when he's prophesying about them, he said, and, and this is going to happen to the, the people of Zion. And I, I stopped and I just said, why do you call them the people of Zion the whole time? Was it just because where they lived or, or was it something else? And this is... This is what I, I sense God saying. You see, what these guys were saying uh, maybe two and a half thousand years ago is recorded for us so that we can benefit from it. So that we can 
understand something about God and encounter God in our own lives from the truth that is revealed to these people about a situation at the time they're writing. So how would it be applicable to us for God to speak people of Zion? You see, when folks are at the front here, they don't address us as people of Zion on the whole. Now, for those that that know about this, I'm not talking about the whole Israel thing. I don't want to kind of get confused by that. I'm talking about this, this phrase. This is what I sense God saying to me. Zion represents worship. Zion was the mountain on which the temple was built. The temple represents worship. We are the people of worship. God always addresses us as the people of worship. That's who he sees us as. When he looks at us, what he sees is worshipping hearts. It's almost like a colour. You know, some, um, some animals, I'm told, uh, by David Attenborough and others, um, they see outside of our visible spectrum. They, they see into the, uh, the ultraviolet spectrum. And it's also as if God's got a much broader spectrum of, of seeing than, than we have. He is God after all. And he sees worship. He sees it as a colour. Not, not just standing up and, and singing, and, but the worship that flows out of our hearts, the, the worshipful response of loving him, the response that always puts him in prime position in our lives, that everything we do is an act of worship, that we, we love as an act of worship, we, we give as an act of worship, we work as an act of worship, we, we, we help people as an act of worship, all of those things. It's a worshipful response and it makes us glow. It makes us glow. It makes us sparkle. When God looks at us, he's looking at sparkle. If you don't believe me, I've actually found it in the Bible. I can't tell you because it's on my, my, my forget stick at home. But it's definitely there. I found it. I couldn't believe it. The word sparkle was in my version of the Bible. And I wasn't reading the Passion Translation, okay? I was reading the Sparkly Translation. When God sees us, he looks at sparkle. Now, remember what we're supposed to be building with? Gold and silver and precious stones. Why do people like those? Because they sparkle. So God wants us to build with sparkle. Not just because it looks pretty, but because it, it does things to the light. That I'm sorry, the mic keeps cutting out. I know, it's a problem with the mic. Um, it's not a problem with me. Um, if it keeps doing it, I'll use that one. But um, Does what you're building with sparkle? Does what we're building with sparkle? You see this, um, what are we building? We're going to look at three levels. We're going to look at what we're building in our own lives. What I as an individual are building. What you as individuals are building. What you as, as families are building is that level. That's, that's one level. Then we're going to look at what we as a, <coughs> excuse me, we as a church community are building together. Who we are. You see, we are building something. That's what's going on. That's what Paul says in, in his letter. He said, you're all building something. The question is, what are you building it out of? Are you building it out of, of straw and, and hay and, and wood that's just going to get burned up by, 
by the, the intensity of God's gaze, the beauty of God's gaze. It's beautiful, but it's intense. And nothing that is flammable will survive, Paul is saying. So we're going to look at, at, as a church, what we're building. And then we're going to look at what we're building in the city. How we, as a, a, a group of people, and the, this group here, what we're building into the city. How are we having an impact, an effect, which is bringing change to the city? You see, God's not content with just building in the church. That's never, ever been his intention. His intention is that we would have an impact into society. Not just in terms of people coming to become uh, followers of God, finding their identity as sons and daughters of his, but for those... Oh, is that for me? Oh, you are such a sweetheart. Thank you. (laughs) (coughs) But... How are we changing our city? Not just through um, what we do with the, the turning and so on, though that's part of it. But how are we having an impact into business and into healthcare and into education, and into family life, into the media, into the arts? So that's what we're, we're looking at. That's why we're taking a, a whole year, because I think there's some really, really challenging questions and the nobody else is building with gold and silver and precious stones they can't build with them you see one of those gold silver precious stones is worship it's a worshipful heart are we building with worship i don't just mean are we going around singing like march for jesus 20 years ago or 25 years ago um let's let's not get back there please um, but uh, are we? Is everything we're doing building with with a worshiping heart? When you go into work on uh, on Monday, when you go to school, when you go to college. college, thank you. When you go to the shops, are you going with a worshiping heart? Are you spreading the sparkle of worship? When the um, when the opportunity to bring change into a situation comes, are we stepping forward because we have a worshipping heart that says, yes, I know I can bring change into this area. Uh, I was talking with a, um, a friend yesterday on the phone. Uh, his wife's a teacher, and she taught in a, a Christian school for, for many years, and then the, the school had to close, and she went into the, the state and um, state system. And her acceleration within the state system has been incredible. And she's now, um, she's in a very, very uh, needy area, dealing with a lot of of kids. Um, I think the statistic he quoted to me was about half the the, the children coming from families where there is open drug abuse. So I thought, it's a fairly needy kind of area. And um, it's not in Worcester, so you're okay. It's in Nottingham. So if you really want to go and help with that, move to Nottingham. But um, she's now leading a team of 12 people because she's gone with a worshipful heart, because she's building with 
one of the, the precious stones that she's building with is, is just a, a worshipping heart. And it's been recognised. And so now she's having a significant impact in that community, working with the, the, uh, the, the 12 people that are looking to her for, for leadership. She's shaping the whole thing. That seems to me to be uh, a pretty good impact. And when she went into that, she didn't know how good she was. That's the whole point. She didn't know she had that within her. She just thought, oh, I'll just go and, 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 and help and keep quiet and stay in the corner. Thankfully, she's a lady who can't stay in the corner. She's not good at doing that. And um, uh, I think that all the people she's working with and the families that she's working with and the kid that she's, kids that she's working with, I think they'd be thankful too. So one of the things that um, I think God sees is a worshipful heart. Let me read this to you from, from Zechariah. Uh, this is Zechariah chapter 2, verse 10. The Lord says, Shout and rejoice. I hope this is the right bit. Yeah. Shout and rejoice, O beautiful Jerusalem, O city of Zion. For I am coming to live among you, Many nations will join themselves to the Lord on that day, and they too will be my people. I will live among you, and you will follow you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies sent me to you. The land of Judah will be the Lord's special possession in the Holy Land, and he will once again choose Jerusalem to be his own city. Be silent before the Lord, all humanity, for he is springing into action from his holy dwelling. I think there are applications about that directly to the situation at the time. I think there are applications for the geographical area now, but I think there is an application for us now. I think we can possess this. We can take hold of this word. Many nations will come to the place where God lives. Where does God live? God lives here. God lives there, in your hearts. Many nations. Now, I know exactly what you're thinking, some of you. Not all of you, but some of you are thinking, yeah, that's nice. This, this is here. It's given to us because God wants us to know that this is true. We have to, you have to really wrestle with, with prophetic promises in Scripture like this and say, how do I understand this? Because this is not a promise for after the return of Jesus. Okay? However you understand that. This is not a promise for then. This is a promise before then. This is a promise for life on earth. Read the context. The many nations are coming. And read all the other stuff that Isaiah and all the others say about people beating swords into plowshares and all that kind of stuff. That doesn't happen in heaven. You don't take a sword to heaven. You don't need a sword in heaven. You don't need a plow in heaven. That's stuff that happens on the earth. These kind of way out there prophetic words, God intends those for his people. There is no reason why we should not inherit those. There is no reason why we should not inherit these We cannot sit there and just say, that's for some future generation. That's not good enough. You're looking dead serious. 
either I'm a heretic or I'm, you know, I'm on the money. Um, I'm, I'm banking on the second one. Okay, that's one of the things God sees. He sees our worshipful response. Whatever building we end up uh, working with, if it doesn't have worship at the, the, in the very fabric of it, in the very essence of all that goes on within it, and more and more and more continual outflow of worship, then we're missing it. Because that's one of the things that God looks. Remember, sparkles. God sees sparkles. I'm going to find that, that scripture and send it all around to you so that you believe me. God sees sparkles. Zephaniah 9. Thank you. You got the, you got the verse there, Ian. Yeah, you're right. Uh, sorry, this is a kind of uh, pause for adverts. Yeah, there they are. Okay, I'm going to read it to you. Thank you, Ian. Well done. You can have a free brownie. Just one, mind you. On that day, the Lord their God will rescue his people just as a shepherd rescues his sheep. They will sparkle in his land. Thank you. There it is. You will sparkle. Now, just just have a quick look around at everybody else. Can you see the sparkles? I can't at the moment. I'll, I'll confess. Apart from Megan's ring, I can't. But you know what? God can. All the time. And it's got nothing to do with how we feel. It's got nothing to do with how good a boy or a girl we've been that day. It's got nothing to do with all that's gone on in our past. It's got nothing to do with how we felt when Rachel and the team were up here leading worship. It's to do with the spiritual response that's going on in us. God sees that. That's what he's looking for in what we build. Okay. Yeah. I didn't say Zephaniah. Because there aren't nine chapters in Zephaniah, are there? That would have confused you. Okay. Sorry about that. It's just the team leader. I don't know how many chapters there are in Zephaniah. Um, all right, the second thing that God sees. There's more than two, but this is as many as, as I want to talk about this morning. Um, God never sees our past. God just doesn't see our past. See, that's great news for all of us. He never sees our past. All he sees is the future that he's called us to. That's all he sees. <coughs> When he looks at you, he's not seeing the mistakes that you've made or that you might make in the future. All the things that we are conscious of, God just doesn't see them. He only sees what he sent his word out to accomplish. He hasn't sent his word out to cause us to fail. He's only sent his word out to cause us to succeed within his word. The word that I send out won't return empty or unfulfilled or unfruitful. It does the thing that I send it out to do. 
So every time we look at ourselves and we just think, oh no, I'm never going to be able to do that. We're, we're not living in God's word. We are denying the view that he has. We're denying what Jesus has died for us to inherit. Every time we look at the things that have gone on and we just think, oh my goodness, I am such a failure. Oh my goodness, I am such a div. Helen's looking at me very worried now. I'm such a, a hopeless case. If, if only I was in a better position now, if only I hadn't done X, Y, and Z back then, and I was in a better position now. Well, the fact is you did do X, Y, and Z. God's dealt with that. He's forgiven you. He's cleaned you up. He's set you on a new path. You are where you are. So we have to operate from where we are. I could be way, way further on ahead of where I, I might be, but I'm not. I'm here, so I've got to work from here. I could know a whole lot more about God and his ways and I could see a whole lot more of, of effectiveness from this, that and the other. We could have a church of 50,000 in Worcester. That would be quite something. But the fact is, we haven't. We are where we are. Let's rejoice because we're sparkling anyway and let's get on with where God has called us to go individually, as families and as a church community within the city. God's not looking at anything else. If you start to talk to God about all the things that you think might happen, he would say, oh, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you, why are you talking to me about that? It's, that's not what I've spoken. I haven't spoken disaster over you. I haven't spoken uh, all these, these things that, that might happen. doesn't mean to say that there won't be difficulties. I'm not being naive and triumphalistic. Anybody who knows me realizes I'm not being that. What I'm being is focused on what God has said. If I don't focus on what God has said, I'm only going to focus on what God hasn't said. I've got a choice. Either focus on what God has said or on what God hasn't said. And when it comes to building, that's basically, I'm either going to build with gold and silver and precious stones or I'm going to build with straw, hay, stubble, all that kind of burny stuff. Because I'm building something. You're looking at me like it's complicated. It's not. It's not. It's just a matter of choice. Am I, am I living in a choice informed by what God has said about me? Or am I living in a choice informed actually by what the devil's saying about me? I mean, it's that, it's that simple. That's why Jesus said it's, it's really easy. He said it's not, it's not difficult to become a Christian and to follow him. Well, it's got some, you know, uh, there'll be some hard choices within it, but actually the, the, the basic formula is not that difficult. When we look at what God has said about us, uh, the biggest challenge is to believe it. Let me, let me read this to you. This is also from uh, Zechariah. Chapter 8. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. People from nations and cities around the world will travel to Jerusalem. They might go to Jerusalem. I don't want to speculate on that now. But Jerusalem is also talking about God's people now. This is verse 20. Uh, People from nations, cities around the world will travel 
to the place of God's dwelling. The people of one city will say to the people of another, come with us to the place of God's dwelling, brackets Jerusalem, to ask the Lord to bless us. Let's worship the Lord of heaven's armies. I'm determined to go. Many people and powerful nations will come to Jerusalem to seek the Lord of heaven's armies and to ask for his blessing. Listen to this bit. This is about us. This is about each of us here. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. In those days, ten men, I think you could say women, ten people, from different nations and languages of the world will clutch at the sleeve of one Jew. It says Jew here. It doesn't just apply to the Jews. It's not here just for one nation. It's for the nation of God. Ten people will clutch at the sleeve of one follower of God and they will say, please let us walk with you for we've heard that God is with you. I want you to think about that for a moment. Ten people clutching hold of your sleeve saying, can I just walk with you? Because I've heard God is with you. See, we have the turning and you know, pe- people go out and we go out and we talk to people um, and it's, it, when we first started to do it, we were all amazed that, that people were, were so open just to, to listen to us, just to talk. That's, that surprised us. So we, our expectation is, is here. Let's call this ground level. I can't get any lower. That's ground level. That's where our expectation is pretty low. So we get to, we get to here when something's happening in the, the turning and we go, wow. And, and that was our reaction. That was my reaction. That with all of us that were involved, we, we just went, oh my goodness. And then, uh, it, it tails off a bit. But some people hold on to that because they know it's that easy. It's that easy, isn't it, Gene? Isn't it, Lydia? It's that easy. Okay. This, so our expectation's there. Okay. The expectation for what I've just read is like up there. Up there. Ten people clutching hold of the sleeve of one person who knows God to says, can I walk with you? Because I've heard that God is with you. Why would people do that? Just think about that. Why would people do that? I'll tell you why. The people aren't going to be any different from how they are now. So what will be different? We will. Thank you. We will be different. Because the evidence of God in our lives will be so overwhelmingly obvious that people will just go, how does that happen? They'll look at our lives. They'll look at our families. They'll look at our our work. They'll look at our community. They'll look at the the worship, they'll look at the generosity, they'll look at the love, they'll look at the kindness, they'll look at our impact in the workplace, they'll look at our businesses, they'll look at the, the health care that comes out of us, the health care professionals who are part of us. They'll see the effectiveness. There will be things happening that we cannot even dream of, that people will take notice of, and they'll say, that's got something to do with God. When this happens prophetically it will not be an issue about whether one religion is better than another it will be an issue about what works 
What works? What brings life to people? What brings joy to people? What, what fills their lives with such purpose and, and generosity and, and glory? The reason that it's prophesied about is because God wants that to be true for us. God wants that to be true for me and for you, for each of us. What are we building? We are building that. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. It doesn't mean it's going to happen next week or next year or in five years or ten years. We are, we've got a way to go. But we are building toward that. That's what's in our hearts. If that's in our hearts, then we're going in the right direction. Whatever, whatever that means for you, however you understand that, for you, for your life, for your family, for your work, for your, your relationships, that's what we're building. That's what we're building because that's what God looks at. And he says, oh, I'm attracted by that. I'm attracted by what's happening with that group there in that building in Worcester. I'm going to finish with this. Um, do you remember Stephen and Wendy Backland? Do you remember Stephen and Wendy Backland? Good. They were here last year. And um, they brought uh, quite a lot of uh, prophetic words to people. And I found one brought to the whole church, recorded on my phone, which I'd completely forgotten about. And I was playing it last night. And um, on the one hand, I was, I was quite encouraged because it wasn't completely dissimilar to what I was due to talk about today. So I just thought, yeah, thanks, Steve. Well done. And... I also heard what was in it and his, because he came from, from outside, his view of what God was seeing in us was way, 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 way above our view of what God sees in us. Just way, 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 way above it. Now that's the advantage of coming in from the outside. And he comes from a, a different setting and there's all kinds of things going on in his setting. But it's not something that's just informed by the facts of of where he comes from. It's informed because he's learned to look at what God's looking at. He's learned to look at what God has promised us as his people. Uh, Yes, Helen. Please do, yeah. Uh, Could we have a, a microphone for this young lady? Come, was, come to the front, Helen, so everyone can see. If you don't know, this is Helen. I was dog walking this morning in the snow and um, walking around, talking to somebody who's really struggling at the moment. And she was telling me something she was going through. And um, I happened to say something back to her. And she said to me, but that's the difference, isn't it? Because of this God you have, you always put a positive slant onto it. You always have something to give to us that is positive, even if we're struggling. And one of the other blokes said, that's right, even if it's only something she's seen in nature around, she always says something that's positive. And it's because of that God she worships, isn't it? And that's just dog walking. This morning, they saw the jewel which God has given to me. So it hasn't got to be something huge. It might be somebody you sit next to on the bus tomorrow morning. But God... Those people are grasping at our robe because they see something that God has put into us that just flows out of you. That's great. Thank you, Helen.
Thank you. I think I'll get you to pray for us at the end. Sounds like some anointing on that. That's great. I spent a week reading through Zechariah, and at the end of it, I had a load of jewels. I had a load more jewels to build with than I had at the start of the week. I had a load more precious stones. I had a load more gold and silver. So my encouragement is that we all um, start mining in God's word for the stuff to build with. Um, I think if we go through this year, if we look at what we're building and think about that, and if that changes in our lives, if God brings change into us so that we start to build as he sees us building, then all the questions about a building will get a whole lot easier. I think they'll get a whole lot bigger, um, a whole lot bigger, but I think they'll get a whole lot easier. And... um, and the impact that, that God has through each of us will increase significantly. Okay. Um, um, I'm going to pray. Why don't just everybody stand up and uh, stretch your legs and let's, uh, let's all respond in, in some way to God. Father, I want to thank you for all these sparkling people. These people who already sparkle in your land. This place is the place of your favor. This place is the place where you are attracted to, where you choose to come. You're attracted by what you see in all of these lives. And I thank you for that. It's not the, the, the beauty of our singing. It's not the skill of our musicians. It's the heart that responds to you all the time. And I thank you for that. I thank you that in some very, very uh, kind of real way, there is building here that's going on with gold and silver and precious stones. And anywhere, Father, where where there there are traces of us building with the wrong materials, please just show up the contrast. Just show the contrast, the difference between the stuff that won't last and the stuff that will last. And I pray for all of us that there will be an increase in the amount of materials that we have from you to build with and therefore in the beauty of of what we build. Lord, let that increase from this moment, from this moment right now, In Jesus' name. Amen.